0: Welcome to P.S., the Puget Sound podcast where I'm talking with members of our campus community about their Puget Sound experiences. I'm Elena Becker, and my guest today is Anna McCloyd, a junior from Orange County, California. As always, the Puget Sound podcast is recorded and produced by Moonyard Studio. Here's Anna. Anna, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. Very happy to have you on the pod. Uh, but more to the point, how are you? And maybe also, where are you?
1: <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I'm currently sitting in my room at home, uh, which I call Orange County, California. Um, and just looking outside at my beautiful blue window. So
0: <laughs> it um, one thing that I have really enjoyed about distance learning and Zoom meetings and teleworking and the way that the world is now is it is very fun for me to get to like peek at people's pets, family members, home decor, like. And I'm trying not to be intrusive about it. I'm bringing this up just because I think like there are some very nice framed images that I can't <laughs> see, but like are very nicely positioned on the wall behind you. Um, so, compliments <laughs> on that. Thank you. Um, I I had a friend text me, and they're my sophomore
1: year um, prom photos. Uh, I actually I can't see at all okay, so I had no idea that that was what they were but I'm delighted to know that um and my friend texted me she's like oh my god your photos are so cute like,
0: okay great now that no everybody knows it's on my walls <laughs> I had been waiting for somebody to ask me about there was like a painting that's behind my head in a lot of my work zoom meetings mm-hmm. um, and I had been just like hoping someone would ask me about it. And last week, it finally happened. It was That was a really big moment for me to, oh my to get to talk about my interior decor. There was an article in the New York Times. Evidently, lots of people are... This is like a big perk for them. So it makes me feel a little more emboldened to say it out loud.
1: Every time that my family comes in, I think of the man that has like the two little kids like running in
0: from... Mm-hmm. This. right you know what i'm talking he w- about he was on the bbc he's okay. a political scientist his name is not gonna get it but he's an expert in south korea and right he yeah went I completely don't. viral when his
1: kids came in behind him on the bbc yeah and like the nanny or whomever like came and grabbed the his wife
0: was like, oh it was his wife okay mm-hmm. it was his wife and she had oh god that was like a perfect thirty seconds for television. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: they had him. they had
0: that family back on the BBC when all this started to talk about how to work from home effectively. Oh, my gosh, I bet he was like, oh, it's it's fine. You just gotta let it go. lock the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah one of those two things? Let it go or lock the door. Yeah. put a post a note up something. It has been fun. I'm really liking, I'm meeting all kinds of cats. I think cats really like, they hear the activity and they want to come up and look at the screen and.
1: Yeah, I'm doing a Zoom workout class with a trainer Mm -hmm. that I have and my dog likes to come in um, my little dance room and like work out with us. And so (laughs) the trainer's just like, hi,
0: Paul, how's it going? (laughs) Yeah, that, um, it's just delightful. And I mean, I'm sure there are, well, obviously there are lots of ways in which this is not ideal, but that's kind of a fun, like silver lining. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to ask you before we kind of get into the meat of your experiences at Puget Sound, just how is it going, right? I mean, I know this has been a big transition. I know a lot of people, especially prospective students, thinking about what decision they're going to make for the fall are, I have fielded a lot of questions in the last couple of days about what's it like to have a liberal arts college online? Can you just talk a little bit about how's it going? What's it like?
1: Um, So for me, it's pretty straightforward. All of my classes meet at the same time that they normally would. And so Mm -hmm. that really gets me kind of into a schedule of, okay, I'm going to sit down at my desk and look at Google Meet or look at Zoom and have those meetings or have class. And that's kind of, kept me on that schedule. Um, I So we only have about two more weeks left of school, as you know. Um, it is crazy. <laughs> Time flew. Yeah. I don't know how, but I realized that. And then I wrote everything out and looked at it and was like, oh shoot, I have so much that I need to get done between <laughs> now and the end of school. Mm-hmm. So that's been a little bit, of a stressor, but a lot of it it doesn't have due dates. And so two of the classes that I have it's with the same professor, he's also my advisor. Um and he doesn't have any due dates. So that's really nice to have that opportunity to kind of figure it out for myself. Um
0: Can you explain to me what you mean when you say there are no due dates? Like your work has to be turned in eventually. Yeah, so like the
1: last like the due date for it is on the last day of classes. Got it. Yeah. Or but like if one, presumably
0: if you were done like today, you could send it in and just have it out of your hands and over with.
1: Yeah, but it's a lot it? of tests and a lot of work. So I'm trying to face <laughs> it out so I don't don't kind of like die in all of that. So um, but yeah, so that's pretty nice for those that want that extra time to. And is on that, that so, is that new because we're doing distance learning or was that always the way that he was? Yeah. So that's new because of distance learning. Cause he realized nice. that people aren't, they may stay to a schedule, but they also may need extra time to finish it because they have other stuff going on at home or wherever they're at. Um, sure. and so I think that accessibility and that accommodation is really awesome. And he's somebody that I still go to his office hours and he'll sit down with his dog and I get Mm -hmm. to see his dog (laughs) and that's awesome. And like you said, getting to see pets and just saying hi or asking questions has really, really helped me. So.
0: And what are office hours like? Is it, I mean, just a zoom meeting you can duck into whenever.
1: Yeah. So he does Google meet and it's through Mm -hmm. a Puget sound account. Um, and you just sign in and you can just sit on mute or you can, kind of say like, hi, I'm here, but I'll come back to you in like 20 minutes, whatever. Um, And he'll come back and he'll answer any questions that you have. And then he will um, kind of say like, okay, how are you feeling? How is this for you? And then kind of move
0: on. So that's been really nice. And what has class been like just in general? I mean, other than the fact that it's virtual, does it still feel like it's a similar model like still discussion, you're still seeing your professor, you're still talking. Yeah. So we have had a lot of
1: discussions in one of the classes that I'm doing. It's called The Economics of Online Dating. Oh, I'm um, so
0: glad you brought this up because if you didn't, I was going to. <laughs> um and now you're all online. Yeah, it's all online. It's meta. And <laughs> it really is.
1: And it's all about so this class is all about how online dating, how econ models can support online dating. And that's been really awesome to kind of see the differences and similarities. Um, But for his class, we're reading a book by Paul Oyer and it's called Everything That I Needed to Know About Economics I've Learned From Online Dating. (laughs) And I definitely would recommend it. Just like read it. even Even if you're not an econ person, it's really interesting to read. Um, and so we'll have discussions about that and he says, okay, put an X in the chat if you want to discuss something or if you have kind of like a side note off of that, do an exclamation point. And that kind of gives everybody the opportunity to talk if they want to. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in my other classes, it's a little bit harder because it's not as discussion based. Um, it's a lot more they're talking and then they'll check in on us. Um,
0: they being faculty, yeah, they being faculty, Mm
1: -hmm. um, But it's still nice enough that you can talk when you want um, and you don't have to, but you can just like say hi or you can like ask a question in the class and it doesn't feel as awkward as you think it would. So,
0: And I think also to your point, one other thing I've heard from students is that like there's been a little bit of a shift in what participation is because you can indicate that you'd like to participate without talking. And so the, that there's almost a lower barrier to access sort of that you can like put an X in the chat or ask a question in the chat without having to feel like, um, you need to be ready to do it out loud if that's not your comfort zone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also people may not have like their cameras on. And so that kind of gives people the opportunity to maybe stay in sweatpants all day or kind of do whatever they want in their own, in the own comfort of their home. and then kind of take classes they want. So I think that's pretty awesome too.
0: I also wanna talk to you about your academic program just in general. You are a double major in the business leadership program and economics. Uh, You have a minor in math. I wanna start by talking about, well, before I actually even start, let me just say, I think to anyone hearing that, that feels like pretty indicative of what your interests are. Like business, econ, math, numbers. (laughs) Yeah, Is that right? Is that kind of where you think your strengths and your passions are also? Yeah, definitely. So
1: what I want to go into being a junior, I kind of want to go, I'm thinking about internships and jobs and Mm -hmm. where I want to be in the next year or so. And so a lot of that has revolved around finance. Um, Like you said, kind of (laughs) my my repertoire of um, Mm -hmm. classes that I've taken definitely reflects that. Um, but you know, I, it's, I'm kind of like taking it day by day, um, and just seeing where the opportunities lie. Um, but definitely I'm trying to combine my love for numbers and my love for people. Um, and so thinking about becoming like a financial analyst or, um, a financial planner, something on that order so that I can still talk to people and still have that human interaction and not have to sit behind my computer all day but also deal with numbers. Cause I don't, I think this year is the, or yeah, this year was like the only year that I didn't take a four day a week class, um, mm-hmm. which is normally for like math or sciences. Um, but both semesters I took mathy classes. Uh, so it kind of got my numbers fixed in there. So.
0: <laughs> well, and I want to ask you about some of those specific classes too, because with apologies to economists the world over, I don't think of economics as being like the sexiest field, but you're taking a class called the economics of online dating. That sounds interesting and contemporary and very different from the sort of, like when I think economics, I often think like graph in the front page of the newspaper, (laughs) which is, is is a far cry from a class about online dating and sort of thinking about using economic models to, explain these very social and sort of feelings-oriented corners of the world. Can you, I guess I have two questions in here for you. One is, has your understanding of these fields evolved since you entered them and started spending more um, up close and personal time in them? And then two, can you just talk about some of the coursework that you've actually done in these majors in these departments when you break down a business degree or an econ degree or a math minor? what are the the parts that make the whole? Okay, absolutely. Um, so I definitely have learned a lot
1: more about what econ and business and how they relate together, especially being a junior in my upper division classes. And so currently I'm taking, um, so I'm a bachelor's of science in econ. So there's two paths, either a BA or a BS. Um, and so I'm taking the more mathy side. Um, and so with that, I'm taking, uh, the mathematics, um, excuse me, sorry, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, mathematical economics. And so, with that, we're ta- kind of taking everything that we've learned over the past couple of years and applying math to it. And I know that does not sound sexy, and I know that that <laughs> does not sound fun, but it kind of wraps everything that I've learned since being a freshman into a nice, pretty bow. And it also is kind of relating to my portfolio management class that I'm taking for my business degree. Um, And so in my business degree in that portfolio management class, we're talking about risk and return and we're talking about variance and standard deviation. And we're talking about the same things in that math econ class. So Mm -hmm. it kind of ties everything together and makes it, seem a little bit more cohesive if that makes sense um and then going to your point of like what classes i've taken um, so as a business leadership program major um your first class as a cohort you take is economics 101 which is just the basic macro theory and so i took that and looked at the graphs and was like i Understand this. This is really interesting to me. And that kind of clicked that I wanted to do that. And then started taking other classes and really enjoyed that and just kind of felt like I fit in with that. Um, Both fields are very male dominated. And so that's been a little bit interesting to jump in to headfirst, but I've definitely enjoyed that. And I like to be able to not push people's buttons, but kind of like make my name for myself in that. And so I think that's been the most fun part for me of being in those two majors is that even though I am a woman in a male dominated space, I can still be awesome
0: and still be able to work around that. So. You actually anticipated my next question, which was (laughs) You, you have a full slate of male-dominated fields. Women are underrepresented in business, in economics, and in math. Um, and I, I was going to ask you to say exactly what you just said. So I wonder if instead, can you, will you expand on it a little bit on what that experience has been like? And when you say making a name for yourself, what that's like? Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: so I am one of two females in my portfolio management class.
0: And how many people are in that class? Um,
1: probably around 20. Okay. So, <laughs> um, and I sit next to almost the entire football team. So, <laughs> 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 um, and I I sit on one corner of the room, or like when we were in class, I sat on one corner of the room and the other girl sat on the other corner of the room. Mm -hmm. And in between all of us, we're all men. And so I like looked around and was like, okay, I know a couple of these guys from the BLP. Um, They're my friends. I really enjoy them. But how am I going to be different than kind of like my male counterparts? Mm -hmm. And so I think being a woman, like I, and my professor is a female, so the fact that she's a female finance professor at a liberal arts school is so rad to me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she and I are good friends, and we kind of joke around, and she always like tries to hear a woman's voice during class and wants to hear our opinions. And that means a lot to me,, um, especially being in that field. And then also with the BLP, we have to do some seminars.) Um, And so with that, we did one on gender diversity in the business place. And Mm. that to me, somebody said, don't, don't stop before you start. And I think a lot of women have that mentality of like, oh, I'm not good enough for this. Like I don't fit in, but we all fit in. We all are put on this earth for a reason. And so we need to work towards whatever goal that is to us and if we can achieve it and if we can't try harder. So I think being in a male dominated field, I see the guys take a lot more risk than the females do. However, I'm not unwilling to take that risk. And I'm like trying to push myself
0: to be in that
1: space and be able to take up that space with them.
0: I think one thing too, and you should tell me absolutely, if this is not true for you. But one thing I noticed in college when I found myself in situations like that is that even if it was occasionally frustrating, it actually big picture felt empowering because those things are true of the world also in places. And I think, you know, sort of that's a separate conversation than how right that is. But figuring out how to navigate those spaces feels empowering because they exist in other places too, (laughs) right? And I imagine for you as somebody who is pursuing a finance career and profession, that thinking about how to navigate those questions and how to, as you very nicely put it, make a name for yourself and create space for yourself feels like a really practical and experience in addition to just a positive one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just... You have to find the, you have to find the space. And I think that it's different for everybody. And so you just have to learn how it works for you and go through with that.
0: Hi there, I'm Robin Igen, Director of Student Recruitment and an alumnus of the class of 2004. When it comes down to it, any institution is really a collection of
1: people and I've always been proud to be part of this one. In the past few weeks, as the world has reacted to COVID-19, I've been even prouder. As we moved to online instruction, Puget Sound committed to paying its student employees for all of the hours they would have worked in the spring semester, and we've prorated room and board, meaning we refunded students for the days they're now not living on campus. We're paying our hourly staff members for their regular spring semester hours too. And here in admission, we've extended the decision deadline for admitted students to June 1, because we know students and families have a lot on their minds. In short, Puget Sound has responded to COVID-19
0: with the humanity, thoughtfulness, and heart that you find every week right here on the Puget Sound podcast. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. the subject of creating space I also want to ask you about the other places and communities that are important to you on campus what else are you involved in what else gives shape and texture to your life what matters to you okay so
1: I have uh, kind of a long list of things that I'm involved <laughs> in uh which is really awesome and I didn't think that I would ever be involved with this much um so I'm in Greek life um I am a p- also a part of what you said, a cappella. Um, and I'm a tour guide on campus. And I'm also on the budget task force committee for the university. So, kind of have a wider range of things I'm involved in. So,
0: and I think a couple of those things are are fairly self explanatory. Um, lots of people know what it's like to be in a cappella groups. I think. We should talk about Greek life a little bit because it manifests differently at Puget Sound than other places, but that's a known quantity. Before we do that, will you explain to people what it means to be on the budget task force? What is that? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the budget task force is a committee of two students, two faculty members, and two staff members, and then the CFO or the chief financial officer, and then the provost of the university.
0: university And Um, the provost of the university. mm -hmm. So two members of the president's cabinet.
1: Yes. And so I was chosen by the president of the university and got to sit down with him and have an interview with him. And that was, I think, the coolest interview I've ever been in um, (laughs) because he is amazing, one, and I had never been in his office and it's gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so anyways we look at the financials and every department within the university comes to us and says, here are the things that I would like to add and here are the things that I'm willing to subtract from my
0: budget that I have. And And just to make one thing clear real quick, this is the committee that sets the budget for the university for every operating cycle and every fiscal year. So when you're saying that departments are coming to you to make that, that pitch that's as part of the normal budgeting process. That's not in addition to, this is the group that does it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so they kind of give us spreadsheet of what it looks like to them. And then we try to balance the budget for the next year. And like you said, it's for the entire university and to make sure that everybody is getting what they feel is equitable for them. And the fact that I'm one of two students is amazing to me that I was able to do that and sit on that. And I'm also going to be able to sit on that for next year to plan for the fiscal year of
0: 2021, 2022. And I should say too, because I imagine a lot of people won't have this context, that is an extremely unusually transparent and democratic way to do your budgeting process it is It is very unusual for institutions of any sort, but in this case colleges and universities, to have students actually making decisions and contributing to decision making about budget rather than sort of being observers right i mean you're a you're an equal member of that committee, right? Yeah, I am,
1: and all of my opinions are heard and valid in that space, and they take what I say and actually have used it towards making the university a better place. And that's been, it makes me feel as though my time here on campus has really been impactful.
0: And without asking you to be uh, at all transparent or indiscreet about the university's budget and things that should stay private about that process, can you talk a little bit about like what you've learned through that? And are there places where, you know, you were in the middle of doing this really hands-on practical applied work and thought, oh my God, this is X principle from my business class or my economics class at work. So I,
1: the budgeting process happens in the fall. I'm currently taking that portfolio management class in the spring. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that I was going to be asked questions about the university's endowment and what happens with that, and the spending rate and all this stuff. And I kind of had kind of like a blank face or a gear in the headlights of oh my gosh, I am getting all these questions and I'm not supposed to answer this or being able to understand it. And but it really made me kind of see the different aspects of the university and really delve deeper into what the university is doing and how the Board of Trustees works and the fact that this was going to the board of trustees and the president has a final say of if this gets approved or not. And that meant a lot to me. And the fact that he said to me specifically, like, thank you for doing this. Like, thank you for being on this committee. Thank you for your time and your efforts. And the time that we spent on that wasn't unnoticed. Um, and so, like you said, very, very different and, but just didn't know that I was going to be asked all those questions and got to see what Yale's endowment was through my portfolio management class through a class or through a book that we were reading and kind of just saw that and
0: was like, oh my gosh, wow, this is kind of connecting all over the place. So I imagine also that, and this would be true of any kind of internship or experiential learning, there was a component of just figuring out how to handle yourself in that kind of conversation or space, or, you know, what are the questions that people around me are asking? What are the criteria that members of the president's cabinet want to take into account and prioritize in this conversation that is also really instructive? Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask you to um, the promised question about Greek life. And I think I, part of the reason I really want to highlight that is because I think Greek life is sort of a, a stealth factor at Puget Sound because it is sort of the opposite of what I said about the budget task force just a couple minutes ago, where I think hearing budget task force, you might have a vague idea of what that group does, but nobody really would have a natural concept of what it is. Everybody thinks they know what Greek life is all about. And most people have an opinion about it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Can you introduce us to Greek life at Puget Sound? Absolutely. So my experience
1: in Greek life at Puget Sound has been completely different than I think a lot of people's experience in Greek life. Like you said, it's completely different than it's envisioned by TVs, movies, anything that you see. Um, And I've compared my experiences with people here at home and then also um, people that go to school in the South. And so Hmm. those experiences are very, very different. Something that we value um, during our recruitment process is actually called values based recruitment. We look at the holistic person. We don't focus on where you're from, how much money you make. We focus on who you, how you present yourself in a setting, and what makes you different. And I think that that's been awesome. And I love the camaraderie ship and all the things that we get to do. I. Just donated a bunch of money to uh, Sigma Chi's uh, Hairless for Huntsmen for their Derby Days, uh, which one goes, of the fraternities. Yes, which goes to um, the their cancer their cancer research, um, which I think is really awesome. And I used to be a president of my sorority, and I love that experience, the leadership that we get through our Greek life and our philanthropic service to others is huge on Puget Sound's campus. And I think that that's what makes it also so different is that focus on that and the focus that we want us as students to live in that world and thrive in it.
0: One of the things I'm struck by hearing you describe that is that I think in the public imagination, it's often understood that the The ad that Greek life makes to somebody's life is almost purely social. And that might be a good thing, but that what you get out of it is some friends, some parties, some opportunities to meet some people. What I'm hearing you emphasize just now is leadership and philanthropy and sort of the development of that. That feels different to me. And I'm not I'm sure it's also a really a social experience, also, and that there's community and but it's striking to me that the places you went first are leadership and giving back. Yeah, I think that that's
1: the heart of Greek life on Mm -hmm. campus. And it's what makes it so important to us as a community, for
0: sure. Anna, I end every podcast by asking each of my guests the same four questions Question one is, what's your favorite place on campus?
1: So my favorite
0: place on campus
1: is probably the library or Oppenheimer Cafe. What are you reading right now? Currently, I am reading a random walk down Wall Street and a captain class.
0: And what's the best place to eat in Tacoma?
1: So I would have to say it really depends on what you're feeling, but... (laughs) Um, I would say either the Spar, which is on 30th or Pacific
0: grill, which is a little bit more fancy. What do you miss the most in terms of Tacoma eateries right now, since you're an OC? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, you have to ask me that.
1: Oh my gosh. Um, I miss everything. Um, I honestly am missing silk Thai right now. I really want some good Thai food, um, some
0: good yellow curry with some chicken in it. So That's definitely what I'm missing. (laughs) (laughs) And to cap it off, Anna, what makes Puget Sound special?
1: What I think uh, makes Puget Sound special is all of the opportunities that we get as students to get involved in so many things and to expand our horizons, not only in the class setting, but also as a human. And we all want to grow. We all want to learn. And we all want to build each other up and you can do that through any clubs that you're in or any classes that you're in and the place that you put yourself on campus is up to you and you can get as involved as you want or not as involved as you want and the experience is really up to you.
0: Anna McLeod thank you for joining me on the Puget Sound podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to P.S., the Puget Sound podcast. If you're interested in applying to or visiting Puget Sound, you can find out more at pugetsound.edu admission. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at univ, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. I'm Elena Becker, and we'll see you next time for P.S., the Puget Sound podcast.